Hi, I'm Emily Salaby, founder of Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company, and your host on the Hazard Girls podcast here on Jacket Media. I'm so honored to host this show where I get to chat with Hazard Girls about their careers. Hazard Girls is an online community for women working in traditionally male-dominated fields. On our show, you'll get to hear from these amazing women about the path that led them to their current careers, challenges they've overcome, advice for other women in entering these industries, and more. We have with us today two incredible leaders from the National Association of Women in Construction. We have the National President of NAWIC, Ann Flegger, and the National Secretary of NAWIC, Christy Stewart. Welcome to the Hacker Girls Podcast, ladies. Thank you, Emily. Thanks, Emily, for having us. Well, this is so exciting for me personally because... I've been partnered with NAWIC through my company, Juno Jones, and 2021 was a big year for me because I became a NAWIC member, and I love it. So many incredible resources. So I'm thrilled to have you both on today because I want our audience to learn more about your organization and everything you do for women in the construction industry. But first, let's, let's learn a little bit about each of you and your backgrounds. I'm going to start with Anne. And you've been in the construction and transportation industry for over 25 years, and you're currently working in the estimating safety HR and IT departments for Charles Construction Services in Finlay, Ohio. Were you always interested in construction? No, actually, I wasn't. I was in the the trucking industry for almost 10 years, and I needed to find a job that was closer to home. And there was a position for receptionist at the local general contractor. So I interviewed for that position. During the interview, I was interviewing with one of the partners who was a female. And at the end of the interview, she said to me, she goes, well, I'm not going to offer you the receptionist position. So of course I was like, what? Okay. What did I do? And she's like, you're overqualified. She said, we aren't currently looking for a project administrator, but we're going to make a position for you because I think you'd do great here at this company. That is amazing. So you've right from the get-go had support of another woman, and that's how you made your entry into construction. Yes, I did. And she was a mentor to me for a very long time. So do you want to walk us through your career a little bit? So you just kind of jumped right in, and this is over 25 years ago or so, and you just kind of jumped right in as an administrator of the project. What was that like for you? Well, actually, it was very exciting for me. I All my life, I've been a person that loves to learn. So getting into a new industry like construction, although coming from the transportation industry, moving to construction is not that difficult of a switch because they are both very highly regulated industries. Mm -hmm. So I had that knowledge, but I was able to learn. I very much a self-taught person. So I, I just get in there and figure it out. But what I was able to do is I started out as project administrator, then was moved up to senior project administrator and have moved over to the estimated department. I'm a person that loves numbers, but am not an accountant. I like to be able to think outside the box and and try things. So being able to estimate is, is a great fit for my love of numbers. And I'm just curious, what was your career in the transportation industry? What were you doing? I was actually the office administrator for a local trucking and warehousing company. And I actually also brought a foreign trade zone to our company and went through all the training and got all the information set up. And that's a very long process. And when you're dealing with the government, there's a lot you have to do and they're very strict. Yes. I see what you mean about the connection between transportation and construction and and the way by regulations and 
especially if you're working with the government. So after you were doing that for a little while and you began to move up in your construction company, did you realize at that point that this was going to be your lifetime career and you were just going to keep working until you got as far up as you can? Well, actually, I didn't realize that decision until I became a part of NAWIC. And becoming a part of NAWIC really added to what I was learning about the construction industry and finding a network of other women working in this industry. I've All my life, I've been kind of the tomboy. I was, would always be out with the guys working or playing football. So it was, it was kind of very interesting for me to come into a male-populated industry, but be able to find women and all of the amazing things that they're doing that I just found this was the niche for me because... I am very much a person that loves helping and supporting people. And mm-hmm. through NAWIC, I can do that. I can help support women to be and do whatever they want. I love that. And we're going to hear all about NAWIC. I want to learn the nitty gritty of your organization. I want to I find out as much as I can about it so that we can share it with our listeners. But right now, let's switch to Christy. Uh, Christy, I want to hear a little bit about your background, how you got into construction. You also have over 25 years of experience in the construction industry, specializing in operations and project management, among many other things, and are based in Durham, North Carolina, working for a woman-owned general contracting firm. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and career? I can, um, Emily. So for me, I was not looking for a career in construction. It found me. I was in my early 20s, not exactly sure what I wanted to do. I come from a family of hardworking parents, and I knew from the get-go that I was not a book learner. I'm more of a hands-on, self-taught. So Mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to interview for a position with a local family-owned general contracting firm in Tallahassee and was offered a position with them and went there and I was with them for over 10 years. So I was able to learn a lot about not only contracts, but working in the estimating department, filling in on bid day, whether it was running bids or getting bids from the subcontractor, working with the the estimators to put those together, as well as being able to go on the job sites and put up safety posters, you know, make the rounds with the superintendents. So I've been able to acquire a lot of diverse skills, I feel like. And I've had a lot of great mentors and and sponsors. So you've completed hundreds of commercial projects consisting of retail, office, industrial, all these different areas. Did you find any of them more interesting to you than others? Or is it just like the general idea of the construction industry that really is what has attracted you? Well, I, for one, in construction, I do like to work on projects where it's, you know, ground up. You see that dirt being, you know, moved around and, you know, you come back 12 months, 18 months later and there's this building and, you know, Mm -hmm. her parking deck and, and that kind of thing. I do enjoy that. One of the first projects that I worked on when I lived in Florida with an architect's firm, we were a program manager for the state of Florida, and it was a prison project. And so that was extremely interesting and just to see the, the inside and how everything's built 
and the punch list. That's one of the longest punch lists I think that I've ever been involved in. Talking about women in the construction industry, I we all know that women are in the minority in the construction industry. And both of you are extremely passionate about helping women succeed in the construction industry, devoting much of your life to this cause. And Anne, you talked a little bit about, you know, that first mentor you had, and maybe that's where it was for you. But was there like an aha moment that really sparked the passion in you that where you were like, not only am I a woman in construction, but there are others and I want to help them and I want to help bring more women in? Yes, there actually was. I joined NAWIC in 2006 and actually it took me a little while to get involved into the chapter and that's probably a story for another day, but the person <laughs> that recruited me did not give up. She continued to try and encourage me to come to chapter meetings and finally she got smart and said, how about if we have a meeting at your office? And it was really not that I didn't want to get involved, but I was a single mom and so mm-hmm. had, a, had a pretty tight schedule. Well, after that first meeting, I was hooked. I, I really connected with all of the women and I loved having that kind of support. And they supported me through a number of things throughout my life. They helped me finish my college degree after 18 years. I started, you know, in 91 and came back and then finally finished it in 2011. And they oh, encouraged amazing. me. Yeah, they encouraged me through that whole part. But the aha moment for me outside of that was I attended my first region conference. And I saw one of our members who is the region director at the podium talking to all of the women in the audience. And I could see the passion that these women had in the audience and how much they appreciated this person's leadership. I was like, wow, I want to be that person one day. And a few years later, I ran for region director, was elected in 2014, and I've been serving on the national board since then, have just moved up to now president. That's amazing. I love that story. Do you remember who it was? Who the director was? Yeah. Yes. Christine Parsons. She's actually retired now. She owned an electrical contractor company with her husband. That's awesome story. I love it. And how about you, Christy? Do you have an aha moment? I have several aha moments, (laughs) Emily. (laughs) I continue to learn or uh, try to have a learning experience throughout for me. With my personal goals, a lot of what my work is with NAWIC, you know, is, is advancing our association and trying to support the women that are coming in behind us. My passion for advocating and mentoring and supporting and educating women in and out of the construction industry. So a lot of my aha moments have been working with other women in this industry, whether it's been serving on a committee or part of the national board, making decisions for our association's future. I mean, what is it about working with other NAWIC members that gives you that aha moment that makes you realize how important it is? Is it because you're all working toward a common cause? Is there a certain kind of camaraderie that doesn't exist in other areas? Well, for me, I I say we don't know what we don't know. So having stepped up to make a difference and lead within our association in ways that are bettering, empowering, motivational when I work with those women and we accomplish those goals, it's that achievable, I guess, aha moment where you know that a lot of the the research, the work, the conversations, it all comes together. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I can imagine. That must be so satisfying. Yes, it is. There's always the next step. So it's a great climb. Well, let's talk about your organization in general, NAWIC. NAWIC is an international association. It serves 120 plus chapters across the U.S. You can give me the updated number. (laughs) And its core purpose is to enhance the success of women in the construction industry. And I was excited to learn this year that NAWIC also includes international affiliates in Australia, Canada, New Zealand, South Africa, and the U.K., So NAWIC is a large organization and it does a lot. But what I would like to do is talk about it this way. So let's say I'm a woman working in an HR in a construction company or I'm a tradeswoman and I hear about NAWIC. Someone lets me know about it and invites me to a meeting or something like that. How do I benefit from NAWIC? Well, that's a great question. And, you know, there's been many conversations about trying to get an elevator speech about NAWIC. But (laughs) what I have found is that I ask the person, what are they looking for? Because Mm -hmm. being a member of NAWIC, you can find that anywhere. Our association encompasses women of all facets of the construction industry. So you can have general contractors, subcontractors, engineers, architects, tradeswomen, construction lawyers, insurance, bonding agents. I don't know of any other association out there that encompasses so many different career positions. Mm -hmm. Most other associations are just specific, like you have the dentists or the teachers. So having that availability to be able to connect with women in the construction industry in any career path to help you with whatever you're looking for. If you're looking for professional development, we have availability of of committees to do that. We have webinars. We have certifications available. If you're looking for networking, you can network on the chapter level, the region level, and now, even more so, the national level with virtual is becoming part of our new normal. We can actually network with members across the country virtually. So that is always my first question to anybody that is interested in about NAWIC is, what are you looking for out of an association? And I have yet to not be able to provide an answer to that person. I love that. Okay, so let's say that my company, because I work for a construction company, hypothetically, and they decide to step up for diversity and they want to sponsor my membership into NAWIC. How does that work? Can they do that? Yes, of course. We have national dues that are set with different types of memberships. So the company can support a member in an active membership and that membership is tied to that person. Or companies also have the opportunity to purchase a corporate membership where that membership has a person's name to it, but is actually assigned to the company. So if that person would maybe go on maternity leave for a little while or take a different job, the company could switch that membership to a different female employee in their company. So there are a couple of of different options. And we really encourage companies to support women with their membership with NAWIC. And there are a lot of benefits to our members, not only for the member, but also the companies. And we're adding to them all the time as well, those member benefits. Yeah, that was my next question. What is the benefit to the company? What are the incentives for companies to to join in? Well, the biggest thing that I feel that NAWIC does is, and actually we just launched a new tagline and logo last August, and our tagline is leading builders, building leaders. Mm -hmm. So our association can help a company's employee build those leadership skills. And there's so many different forms of type of leader. 
just being a leader doesn't mean that you're running the company or you're the president of association. You can be a leader in, in all different types of roles. You're also providing information on the industry. Again, networking is always a big piece for companies. They want to be able to connect with other companies for business. And then we also have some other discounted programs that are being offered to our members. Uh, so actually, we just approved uh, a member benefit from one of our partners, and we're going to be able to provide planning software to our members and their companies at a discounted rate or even some in instances at no cost at all, depending on what criteria. What is the planning need. software? What is it it's for? It's called Punchzee, P-U-N-C-H-Z-E-E. -E. We just launched that. We also have opportunities to educate the younger generation, which is another big thing in the construction industry is that mm -hmm. labor force gap that we have. And we need to be bringing people into the construction industry, but we have to start educating them about construction being a viable career when they're in junior high and high school. And we have ways to connect with schools to talk to the students about that. So that's something else that companies really appreciate is that we're also working on, on the future workforce. I was speaking with the women from Women Gone Global who are both NAWIC members and they met in the Lego program, the NAWIC Lego program. Yeah, that's the uh, NAWIC Education Foundation, which was started with NAWIC members. It's kind of a separate foundation that we have. And it's a it's called Block Kids, where students from the first to the fifth grade, they get together, they have a competition with Legos, they have to build something. They can't, you know, build people or pets or anything like that. But they design it, they build it, and then they explain to us what their building is and, you know, why they, they built this. And I'm telling you what, kids from grades one to five, they have an amazing imagination and they have a clear vision of what they, they want to do. I, I sometimes am interested to find out when that stops, that if mm -hmm. we need to keep feeding that vision that, that this, these young kids have. That is so true. It's an, it's almost like a natural inclination children have to build things. And how do we grasp onto that and keep it going and show them that they can do it, especially the girls? Exactly. I don't know if you heard me earlier say working in a male populated industry instead of a male dominated industry. What we're seeing now is we're seeing more women with boots on the ground and seats at the table influencing the direction of the construction industry, which helps young females see women in these leadership roles and making a difference now. And when they can see another person similar to themselves doing it, then they can envision themselves also having a career in construction. This is interesting about the language because I, I'm, I'm always interested in the power of language. So you mentioned male populated. Is that the preferred term because things are changing? Yes, that's what personally I've been focusing on. I heard that a few years ago, actually, another NAWIC member mentioned it. And I've been using it because that term, male populated, really fits us better than male dominated. Mm -hmm. Because just because they have more numbers doesn't mean that they're dominating the industry. They're not. Women are coming more to the forefront. And we should be sharing that and letting people know that it's now, now we just have to fix the numbers because we are making an influence as women in the industry. Yeah, I really like that. I'm going to take note of that. Well, so what are some ways that you can serve as a conduit to educate and work with employers to, to help diversify their workforce more? NAWIC is a lot about connecting and educating. So one of the things that I do here in our local area is I've reached out and made connections within the school system. 
and with the educators. Our local chapter here and the chapter in Raleigh have started reaching out and going to the schools within uh, career fairs. Mm -hmm. We have a few different colleges up here in, in our areas. One thing that I've found in working with this area is you can't start too young. So most of the time, by the time that the students get into high school, they may not know what they want to do, but they pretty much know what they don't want to do. And there's still that stigma that is attached to construction. So one of the things that I start off with when I'm talking to students or their parents is I ask, you know, what are your interests? What do you like? For someone, you know, like Anne, Anne likes numbers. So do you know that there are estimators? There's just so many different career paths within the construction industry now. 25 years ago, when you started, it was either a superintendent, a project manager, or project assistant. And so there's just like so many different things that have enveloped within those areas now. So I think being able to get in with the students and their parents and the educators even, you know, a lot of the career counselors now, they may have more than 100 students. It's, it's absolutely impossible for them to know all the different career paths for each of their students. They should be able to focus and know their students. So then the ones of us that are stepping up and in for our industry, then we are the ones that can share with them about the opportunities that are available to them within our industry. The skilled trades gap and the, the problem with not being able to find enough employees in recent years, definitely I, I can see how a huge part of that solution would be going to students and working with students to help them see, to learn about the industry. And I'm wondering also, you know, about grown women, but, you know, maybe they're looking for a different career or they're in the industry already, but they've been out because of the pandemic. You know, we know women are, we're well over a year into the pandemic now. And we know how women have been negatively affected in the workplace in general, but has it affected women in construction and trying to get back to work? I think that it has affected all of us. Mm-hmm. I know that, you know, someone asked me the other day about work-life balance. And for me, it's not about work-life balance. It's work-life acceptance. So my family, they understand my passions and my grit. My husband has those as well with, you know, his work. And so I think that we have just, we accept there, you know, I may have to take a call at night. I may have to take a call on the weekends. You know, I may have to do this. It's just, you know, there's going to be, that's part of it. I think trying to juggle all the things that, that women do, we are multitaskers and we do that extremely well. Another thing I think that really sets us apart is our attention to detail, our organizational skills. So for us, not only playing that that mom role, but now many of us have taken on the teacher role as well and still trying to, to be able to have that career as well as a lot of the other things, uh, I think it has been very challenging for many of us. 
Yeah. You mentioned about the pandemic. And one thing I'd just like to mention is that while this has been a very, very difficult time for, you know, our country, there have been some things that are, are helping with some of the items that women have been talking about uh, for decades. Like, for example, having a flexible work schedule or mm-hmm. working remotely. Having the pandemic happen, and that was our only choice. We had to work remotely and have a flex schedule because, as Christy mentioned, some of you know the women are also teachers now, too. Yeah. This is showing companies that, that we can be just as productive working remotely or a flexible schedule. And I think companies are going to, in the future, work with women and everybody else, you know, to encompass that, to have a better understanding of, yeah, I have to take my child to the dentist or I have to stay home because my child is sick, but I can still work. I can still do things throughout the the day or adjust my hours. So I think that that is something that has kind of helped move forward a little bit faster. I think we would have gotten there, but I think it would have been maybe another five plus years before it actually happened. So the the pandemic kind of sped that up for us. Yeah. For better or for worse in some ways, I guess, right? Because we are working crazy hours now <laughs> around the clock. Reminds me of that video that came out a few years ago. It was before the pandemic and there was a, a live CNN broadcast of an expert and he was sitting there talking about international law or something. And his kids walked in the room and it was like the biggest scandal, but it was hilarious. Everyone thought it was funny. I don't know if you remember that, but now that is like the most normal thing in the world for your children to walk in behind you on a Zoom. And employers, I feel like, are more accepting of it. Do you, do you agree with that? Do you think that that kind of thing is going to be more accepted as a normal part of life and not some kind of big unprofessional incident that happened to a woman? Yes, I do. People now, or if they hear kids in the background or they see kids or even pets, I know I was on Mm -hmm. a meeting yesterday and actually the woman's cat walked across the camera and you saw this big fluffy (laughs) tail. It's just normal. No, nobody said anything about, Mm -hmm. you know, well, what is that cat doing? Or, you know, why, why are you (laughs) letting your cat do that? Because it's just normal. It's expected. Yeah. It's like suddenly we became regular people and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Do you, are there other opportunities that have been brought to the forefront? Yeah. Some of the other things that have uh, come to the forefront is, you know, construction is considered essential, but we still had to do a lot, you know, for cleanliness and social distancing and, and all that kind of stuff to make every employee feel safe. And one of those items is sanitation on the job site. And women mm-hmm. have been talking for, again, decades about having cleaner just porta johns or mm-hmm. other other things on the job site for women. Now that it's everybody is seeing that we have to have more sanitation on the job sites, they're saying, "Hey, you guys have been talking about this for a very long time. You know, can we get your input on it?" So we've actually had OSHA reach out to us. We have an alliance with OSHA, mm-hmm. and so we're talking with them about ways that we can work with them to improve the regulations for for just sanitation on the job sites. You know, something else that we're, we're talking about that I'm not sure it has an exact result of the pandemic, but because we're already in the conversation, we can bring this in, but it's PPE that's mm-hmm. ill-fitting because they're made for men. And I know, Emily, that, that you have Juno Jones boots. And at our annual conference, I'm really excited that we have in the middle of August in Charlotte, North Carolina, we're actually going to have a woman's PPE fashion show so that we can Yay. show that we are making a difference by having form-fitting 
personal protective equipment for women that are working on the job site. Cause mm-hmm. there are so many ways that you can get hurt if it doesn't fit you right. So true. So many job related injuries are due to ill-fitting PPE. Is there anything that has changed for women that because of the pandemic that we will now need to kind of approach things differently in getting back into the workplace in construction? So I was speaking to a, I was speaking to a general contractor, actually a, a real estate commercial real estate developer who works in construction. And she was saying that because so many women have been out in her area, I think she's in Dallas, as they're coming back in, they're feeling like almost like it's the old boys club again in a way that it, it hadn't been in a while. And they're almost having to like readjust. And I, you know, to me, that didn't sound like good news. I was wondering if you had, if you had heard anything like that. Well, that's a new one. I have not heard that. Uh, Christy, okay. have you heard anything like that? No, I have not. I know that for for many of us at my workplace, we have a great culture here to begin with. And so our boss is, she wants us to, to be comfortable. And so some of us do work in the office, some work from home on the days, I mean, that we need to. And I think one of the biggest things was, for all of us, I mean, was just that adjustment of, of coming back in and working as a group collaboratively again. I don't know that I've had any conversations. I'm even trying to think about conversations I've had with my mentees about coming back in. And I, I don't know that I've got anything for that question. It's a great question. Well, anything else that you ladies would like to mention about your organization, NAWIC, and about things that you're working on? So one of the things that we have recently started, we're developing a diversity, equity, and inclusion committee. NAWIC feels that DE&I is an essential and vital part of NAWIC's future. We're working together to advance a culture of inclusion within NAWIC. It's been very exciting to see the recent sustained momentum towards advancing DEI efforts not only in NAWIC, but also that carries back over into our workplaces. A lot of the things that we learn in NAWIC, we can take back to our employers. And we're still developing our approaches to create more equitable and inclusive workspaces, but we're diligently working on that and we're very excited. Uh, We've had conversations with some other associations and some other organizations, Procore. Procore has a DE&I committee and that meets. And um, so we've got, we've got a lot of great things on the forefront. I'm sure that Anne, you know, has some additional things that she can share. I think um, for me, it's a great time to be a woman and it's a great time to be a woman in construction. There's more seats at the table. And I what I see is more of us are being asked, what do you think? What are your thoughts? I see it becoming more of collaborative efforts, even on you know project teams working together to be able to cross that finish line, get that job completed, whether it's with subcontractors or superintendents. So I see a lot more of the collaboration side. Awesome. That's, it's so great to hear that things are changing and, and changing so fast. Yeah, it, it's been an amazing year 
sometimes you wonder, you know, are we really making a difference? But this year, we have had so many associations and companies reaching out to us wanting to partner because they've heard about us. They, they've seen what we've been doing for, for women in the industry and they want to be a part of that. So that's very exciting. I mean, I have to thank the whole board because we tripled our efforts, I like to say, because we're meeting regularly. We're having more conversations about things that we need to do and, and we have people to help us do it now. So we're taking advantage of that. There's a lot of exciting things happening. We're actually working on launching our own podcast. So Emily, I would love to have you as a guest sometime on ours. Awesome. Thank you. We've partnered up. I mentioned education. We've partnered up with a couple of associations to reach virtually classrooms across the country. I mentioned about additional member benefits. There are some other companies that have reached out saying, hey, what can we do to offer more benefit for women in the industry? So I'm actually at annual conference, and this is our yearly national conference that we have. I'm actually, the same time we're going to do the fashion show PPE, we're going to be spotlighting all of our partners because we've had so many of them come this year. And we also want to continue to note our existing partners that have been with us all along. Um, Mm -hmm. Without them, we couldn't do what we're doing now. We are a volunteer-based association. So as you've heard, both Christy and I have you know, day jobs, we have families, and then we also do NAWIC. So we volunteer our time with this. So by having others help us, other associations, other companies, we can get more done to keep advancing us in the industry. That's so great. And where can our listeners go to learn more and to join NAWIC? Our website is www.nawic.org. And Flagger and Christy Stewart, NAWIC is such an incredible organization. And in addition to all of the hard work that you're all doing. There's so much positivity and energy from your community. It's just a very welcoming and warm organization, I have to say. And it's just also a lot of fun. It is hard work and it is strong advocacy, but it's also a lot of fun. So thank you so much. We really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Thank you, Emily. We really love, love being here. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Great conversation. You have been listening to the Hazard Girls podcast on Jacket Media, sponsored by Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company. That's junojonesshoes.com. And you can go there to learn about our steel toe boots and to join the Hazard Girls community. I'm your host, Emily Salaby. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.